0: Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This, this. is your number one crypto podcast. Do hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Woof Big Dog. That's at Woof Big D-A-W-G. Now. now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto.
1: And welcome to the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Big Dog Crypto. This guy, I have been trying to get on for a while. If you've been on Twitter, you've been on crypto Twitter, literally one of the best analysis I've seen. I always say follow people that give you good information. And this guy, I rank him near the top. Very, very happy to have him on. Van vandapop Did I get your name right?
2: Yes, you did. Thank you for the introduction, man. I'm happy to be on the show.
1: Man, look, I, I appreciate it. Uh, let's get right into it. I know you're super busy, and what a week to have you on. Monday, Tuesday, we had all this stuff going on with the with the uh, Binance and the, and the Coinbase situations. Um, you are a technical analysis. When you look at this stuff, and I always like to ask anybody in TA, and you have fundamental analysis. Let me just get right into it. How does this affect your charting when you look at Bitcoin and you look at the markets?
2: Well, honestly, I was uh, when I woke up on Monday, I was like, hey, this is going to be a relaxing week. There's not much of macroeconomic events taking place. Next week, it's going to be CPI and Fed. So it's going to be hectic. Yeah. Uh, but hey, the, the US wanted to get the spotlight again. So the SEC came in <laughs> and uh, we got uh, the case against Binance. We've got the case against Coinbase. Yeah. The thing is, is that this is very much news driven. So anybody having a position in the markets got screwed anyway. Right, so right. I've been, I've been for initially, I've been being hit on the, on the move as well, because the new news comes out and then the price just falls immediately. We saw it happening. As open interest was rallying quite heavily, also on Binance, some positions were filled and uh, some people were saying, what's happening over there? So there was some certain inside info, but it makes trading a little bit more difficult during these events because it's just simply news driven. And that's uh, that's not really the the market environment that I really enjoy, I would say.
1: It's interesting you say that because the first week of, of June, like eh, it's going to be a mellow week. And you're right. Like it was like a one two punch on this. Um, you know, people looking at Bitcoin. And I, I've said before, there's a lot of people that, have, that will tune into the show uh, that are new. OK, people that joined in the end of 2021. So obviously a lot of those people, I get messages about it. and I'm sure you do, too. Hey, I bought it. Sixty five. I bought it. Sixty nine. Am I in a situation where it's not ever going to come back? I mean, obviously I think we all believe it will, but from a from a TA point of view, and I think this is so important as the halvings coming up, right, in less than a year. What would you tell them when you're looking at charts to look at as far as technical analysis?
2: I would tell them to hold. I think if you are having the blessing of buying Bitcoin so high in the bull cycle and you're still holding on to it, you're a winner. Because if, best, if, if your first buy is that high, you're making the beginner mistake everybody makes, but you do it at the beginning.
0: Right.
2: So you're doing a good job. If people are starting in these markets and are going to have a bull cycle after that, they will experience having a ton of money and then lose it all again. But you will be understanding that this happens when a cycle ends. So you probably are going to take measures for it. If you're looking at the markets right now, I think what you should be doing if you're investing into Bitcoin since 2021 is to look at previous cycles. And yes, of course, we've got macroeconomics. We've got all sorts of things that is essentially just noise that is influencing the markets. But markets repeat themselves regardless of what's happening. So in that case... Look at the cycle in 2015, 2016, 2017. Look at the cycle that took place before 2021. And you can see that right now we are in a nature where the markets are consolidating. It's boring. People start to lose their trust into the asset because the asset is not really falling down in price, but it's going sideways. So the time is actually a killer. It's draining your motivation and your energy. And if you start to see what's been happening in the previous cycles, you know what's going to happen after, especially with the whole thing coming up, and you start to understand why the concept of dollar cost averaging is so important to apply to your investment thesis. If you are holding since 60K or since high numbers, this is the period where you want to accumulate, especially if you have been going through the previous cycles, then this is the period where you want to start building your position.
1: So let me ask you. So I always like to ask my guests because I'm, I'm interested. You know, when you first heard about Bitcoin, because you've been in the space a while. I know I followed your account for quite a while. Um, but when you first heard about Bitcoin, do you remember like where you were? Who told you about it? Like yeah, the first I time do. you ever heard about it?
2: Yeah, uh, actually, I was uh, studying economics in uh, in Amsterdam. And there were a few times during class that some guys were saying, "Hey, you have to check Bitcoin." And it was December 2016, January 2017. And then my best friend told me uh when we were drinking some beers that I had to check coin market cap, and that was February 2017. So the good old yeah. altcoins were doing really well back in the day.
1: Right.
2: The exact same day I bought my digibytes and I started reading about crypto, and I thought mm. this is it. So I remember it. I remember that I've been buying uh what was it, ether for like 50 60 bucks in bitcoin under 1k and did you buy it for a great price and that went like 4x within a week and then lost it all after that again so yeah yeah, i do remember it and 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 i think i'm pretty thankful for my friend to be mentioning crypto
1: yeah I haven't heard Digibyte for a while. You're definitely an OG. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. like, it's like it's the even class even of
2: Back in the day, I, I used to buy it on a small exchange, which was called LightBit. And now yeah. due to all the regulations, yeah. um, all those small exchanges are getting either taken over or they're just going bankrupt. Right. So LightBit is now gone yeah. as well. So it feels a little bit like, oh, that's sad.
1: Uh, you know, I've never said this before, but maybe there's a test for like, you know, that's always like funny, like OGs, like whatever year that is, who knows, right? Some of it's been for a while, so maybe not so long, but it's like, do you know Cryptopia, what that means, yes or no, right? <laughs> if
2: Either you know Delta yes an like and stuff. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Each Delta so, had, a, had a bug in the system that if you put mm-hmm. in an order, you filled in mm-hmm. one zero
1: two less, it right. just took the
2: order from that level in the order book, it right. just skipped the rest. It was amazing. Good old times.
1: <laughs> interesting. Interesting times. Interesting times. So so for people that are trading, um, there's a lot of people obviously that try and day trade. And then I think I've had, you know, you yes ask people, and that's usually kind of a challenging thing to do, right? It just depends. But, you know, more often than not, people have losses maybe as opposed to wins. Um, For people that are day trading, what sort of time frames, what sort of candles? Uh, are, you, are you a 15-minute guy, four hour? I mean, let's just say somebody's going, I'm just giving an example, right? From nine to five, they want to try and day trade. What candles, what sort of, of indicators do you would you advise or suggest that they may want to pay attention to?
2: I think if you really want to be a day trader, um, it doesn't even matter. If you want to be a sculpt trader, day trader, swing mm-hmm. trader, you start with the higher time frame picture. Gotcha. So even if you're going to be focused on a five minute, 15 minutes, you want to have intraday sculpts, you need to have the higher time frame picture to see where the markets are standing. So then you can go through a top-down analysis. In that case, um, I used to be a swing trader. I still am, which means that I'm holding positions for a longer time frame. But in the current market circumstances where you see Bitcoin just going into a range for two months, I'm mostly just looking at intraday trades. I don't want to have positions overnight. So I define my entry from one hour, four hour, and I optimize it through five minutes and 15 minutes. And then I'll just play it out if it's going to be during the night and I have to sleep and I have to carry in position overnight put it break even, go to bed and just relax. Uh, because as we have just briefly touched, the markets are so uncertain and fragile, which means that one news topic can move the markets away you don't want it to. Right. And what happens during those news events is that people flip-flop their bias quite often. So what can you do during that period is that you either zoom in a lot, which means that you're scalping during the day, or you right. zoom out and you invest and you accumulate and you're just sitting back and just, re- and just chill out. Right. I think I'm doing both because the middle one of having positions for one to two months is quite tricky at this point yet. So then you have to zoom in and you have to zoom out. Right
1: you know that's that's interesting because that's one of the things that people always ask about and then the other thing too is that volume precedes price is that accurate or what is your take on that
2: i think yeah um in some way it does but i think that ultimately if price moves to a certain point volume comes in as always right so you in in order to have volume being created you always need Okay, except for news events. News events can push the trigger and then it's just volume and, uh, and price follows through. But if you have a technical way of a breakout or anything else, it is always price moving first and then the volume kicks in. So for instance, we've had the crash on the markets uh, a few days ago with um, um, the Sue against Binance. You see price starts to fall and then it goes beneath certain important levels to grab the liquidity there the liquidity is grabbed because those long positions are forced to close through a a sell position, through a short. That is enough liquidity to reverse the market. So in that way, the volume um, comes in and then price just follows through.
1: You know, one other interesting thing too is that, you know, you've been in the space a long time, you know, I've watched stuff for a long time and it just seems like lately, or let's say in the past year or so, year and a half, Suddenly, all crypto Twitter, right? Twitter's talking about CPI or talking about the Fed. And of course, you know, you really analyze that a lot too. How would you say with the Fed and the interest rates? Because, you know, it's kind of be, let me say, a two part question here. Um, A lot of times we want to say, let's say Bitcoin is a non correlated asset, uh, you know, and then of course that's changed. Is it, is it not? So I kind of say with the the Fed rate and whatnot and looking at, at crypto, how do you? How would you explain it? But how would you say that's kind of coming to more play now, right? Because you're seeing that more and more over the past year. I mean, do you really feel and that that is affecting the markets a lot? Because it seems to be. Um, but to what extent, and and how do you look at that when you're doing your analysis? And so that's kind of a wide ranging question. But what are your thoughts on that with the Fed? You know,
2: I think ultimately, um, the past one and a half year, we've seen that the the Fed and the strength of the dollar has had its impact on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm ultimately if you if you think about it um you come to the conclusion that crypto becomes a larger player in the global ecosystem of finance or the financial world which means that all those macroeconomic factors are having its impact on crypto as a whole but you also come to the conclusion that prior to 2021 the impact was there already but we just simply didn't focus on it so if you go back in time uh, a weak dollar, a strong dollar, where also the, during the periods that Bitcoin had a bull bear cycle, if you go back in 2017, the dollar was super weak. If you go back into 2018, the dollar was strong. Um, so the impact was there already. However, it's more visible right now as more people are paying attention to it. And because more people are paying attention to it, the markets are moving because of it. Um so that's what we have been seeing in the past one and a half to two years, which is that the dollar is showing strength. The Fed has its quantitative tightening policy through which risk on assets are not doing really well. Right now, we're getting into the end stage of quantitative tightening, which means if you, if you look at it from a historical perspective, that if the, if the, if the Fed stops or passes its entire policy, there's usually a moment where there is relief on the markets and risk on assets start to do really well. I'm not saying a pivot is beneficial because a pivot is usually out of fear or out of an economy that is doing bad in terms of high unemployment or weak economic numbers, or that is usually a moment when the recession really kicks in. So you don't want to have that. But as long as we have a window where the rate hikes are getting to its end or pause, that is when a new run can start or a new takeoff can happen. However, the question forward-looking is going to be, is Bitcoin going to move with gold or are we going to move with stocks? Right. That is going to be the crucial question if there is going to be a recession or crisis going okay. to take place.
1: Would you want to put a guess on that? i mean, a guesstimate. Obviously, we can't tell the future, but do you have thoughts on that, which you think may happen?
2: Um, I think... It's a difficult one because if there is going to be a, of course, it's super difficult and it's all just, I don't know. My best guess, guess, if you look back at what we saw in March, we saw six banks collapsing and the one class or one group of assets that did do really well during that period was Bitcoin Mm -hmm. and crypto. Because of uncertainties of the financial system, so people fly towards another asset. And I think if you go back in time, if you look at the most obvious example that's comparable to the current markets is 1929. Mm-hmm. What did do really well after that? It was gold because people simply didn't believe in the governments anymore. And as much as we want to have trust in our governments, but once we start to lose that in a crisis, that's when people start to adopt towards decentralization and into crypto. So initially, if there's going to be a crisis, I think Bitcoin will lose value just like we saw in March. But that's just a liquidity crunch because big investors need to rebalance their positions. And that's when they sell off their high risk uh, part of their portfolio, which is Bitcoin, which initially crashes. And then it bounces back to the heaviest way, just like gold has been doing in the 1930s. So, my best guess is is that we should be looking at the combo of gold and Bitcoin and not solely onto indices.
1: Well, I'm gonna put that should be with, the, with the next question because when it comes to like I'm asking you to predict the future, right? We don't know. I always tell somebody, you know if you're asking me a prediction, right um, you know I'll, i you know this can you guarantee it? well, I'll take my prediction of five dollars, I guarantee you can get a cup of coffee right So we don't know, and right? I'm asking it so i'm gonna I'm gonna take to, to a second one having coming up. March, what, now April of next year? Do you want to gander a guess? Do you want to speculate? Once again, we're making a prediction. We don't know. But if somebody said to you, what do you think, right? It may range, let's say, in 2015 or 2015, (laughs) 2025, okay? 24, 25, do you want to guess? You know, I'm going to say, does Bitcoin, in your opinion, in your guess, right, surpass all-time high? And if so, what does the top-out ask? And once again, we don't know, but any thoughts on that?
2: I I mean- um ultimately it's it's a best guess, and i think sure. uh i think it, the answer will be different parts. The first part is if you put bitcoin into a valuation against u s dollar it doesn't really matter what the value in dollar is it is how much you can buy with it
0: right
2: so as an example, if bitcoin is going to be valued at a million and one glass of cola is ten bucks. <laughs> yes. If if yes. your if your Bitcoin is valued at two million and the glass of cola is twenty dollars, it doesn't really right, right. make much sense because you can buy the exact same amount of goods. Right. Um that would mean that the entire economy is destroyed. But anyway, the point is right. that it's about how much you can buy with it. So I think that we're facing a cycle that is going to be comparable to the dot com bubble, which yeah. is comparable to the dot-com bubble in terms of regulation, which we got then mm-hmm. too. And in terms of adoption. So it goes into the into the um, acceleration of adoption through which more and more people jump into crypto. I think that's really, we are into 1998 of the crypto, I would say. Mm-hmm. Then if you think about valuations, um, the dot com bubble was between 10 to 12, 15 trillion. Compounded with inflation, it's about 30 trillion, but I think that's a little bit too high. I think that going into a valuation of 10 to 15 trillion, with co- uh, Bitcoin being into a market cap of around six trillion, makes a lot of sense for the next bull to be into a bubble combo of the adoption, combination of the value of gold. So, best guess, I would say that the next peak is going to be between two twenty-five to four hundred thousand dollars, depending on how fast the wick yeah. will be. Right. Um, going into the halving, I think we'll pr- we'll trade higher. Um, yeah. Right now, we are on a very important level and on a key point. I think that Bitcoin really needs to hold here in terms of not dropping beneath 25k because then we are into bad waters and having a very long accumulation again. But if we do hold here, I think that we're still very undervalued. We have had a rough year, which means that if we go into the half, we probably have another run. So I think around the half and trading between 34 to 42k makes a lot of sense to me at least. Um, And I think people should understand that the valuation of Bitcoin right now is still really low. Right. So that's that's yeah. how I look at the markets. And I think that we can have, still have one relatively easy mm-hmm. peak bull. Um, And after that, it will just take more time to go back into that bull cycle because there's just more money needed. Right. I
1: would agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, one other thing, too, on trading, 200-week um, moving average. You talk about that a lot. Why?
2: Do you feel that that's important? Uh, I think the 200-week moving averages is uh, coming from the traditional finance. Trading above it and trading beneath it usually defines bull and bear markets. And because literally all the traditional traders are looking at that specific indicator, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, so that works. In this case, I'm looking at the 200-week MA because also in the previous parts for the cycle of crypto, it is always defining bull and bear markets. I'm not looking at Bitcoin specific because I understand that the crypto market is not solely about Bitcoin. Some group of Bitcoin maxis say it is. I don't believe it is. And I'm looking at the total market cap because it's just a cleaner chart. It did not go beneath the 2017 peak. So it actually gave a beautiful retest. And now it's testing the 200-week MA and 200-week EMA, which it has also been doing in previous cycles and always held. So that's why it's a crucial point right now. If we sustain above it and next week we've got a relatively soft CPI and the Fed says, hey, we're done, I think this could be the low. On the other hand, if you fall through it, yeah, then you can see the markets crash for 30% again. So that's the flip side. But this is a pivot in the markets and that's defined by the 200 week and may of the total market cap.
1: So we're definitely in interesting times. There's no doubt about that. So look, I appreciate your time. A couple of uh, last questions. I always like to ask a couple of personal things. Um, when you're not working and you put out a lot of content, you do a lot of stuff, you're always on, what sort of hobbies, what sort of stuff do you like to do to kind of unwind?
2: Uh, I started boxing. So I'm doing that. Okay. I've okay. started playing golf. So I'm going to be a lot on, uh, I've seen the news about live golf and PTA. So maybe uh, yeah. you'll be spot me at some tournaments. Just to watch, I would love to play, but it's too difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm watching football and sports, that's what I do, mm-hmm. but mostly uh, nowadays just weight, uh, weightlifting, boxing, mm-hmm. golfing, trying to be out there.
1: Nice, nice. And then, uh, favorite food, which what's one or two of your favorite foods? If you're going to a restaurant tonight, you're gonna order what's your favorite thing?
2: I, I love a good steak. Okay, so <laughs> if you bring me some good steak, I'll be very happy. And otherwise, uh, I also enjoy sushi. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the two things, but mostly a good steak with a beer. Um, I'm satisfied. Yes,
1: I can I appreciate that. Um, okay, so let's let people know where to find you and also a trading group. Um, I always like to find out people that are putting out content. Um, your trading group, what is it and, and what's the best way to find you and connect?
2: Um, the training group is essentially um, educational, which is that we provide background on macroeconomics, but also the trading strategies that we do. You can see my portfolio and uh, from other traders as well. We provide you with trade ideas. It's called MN Trading, which you can find yeah. on my uh, Twitter profile, which is Crypto Mitch NL, um, and also you can find me on YouTube and Instagram, where I'm putting out content on almost on a daily basis, and it's all under the nickname Crypto Mitch NL.
1: I respect anybody in the space that puts out content. You put out a lot of content. Much appreciation. So, brother, thank you so much for coming on the program. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much and good luck with the show.
0: You've been listening to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Follow on Twitter at @woofbigdog. Woof, big, D-A-W-G. And run faster than the competition. Woof, woof.